Good morning. Today is a very special day of worship at First Baptist Church. My name is Pastor David Hughes, and I welcome you not only to our church, but to this celebration of Trinity Sunday. We're going to start a little bit differently today in light of not only Trinity Sunday, but moreover, our celebration of our core community values as a church. So allow me to say that I've heard it said. I've heard it said, Pastor, today worship just felt good. Now, I used to ask why that was, thinking that I was going to get in response that, Pastor, you dropped absolute truth during your sermon. But I've learned that that is typically not the answer. Instead, the answer has to do with the fact that the sanctuary is filled with the people of God joining in worship together. They respond not only how good it is to see the sanctuary filled with people of God, but also to hear the people of God lift up prayers and praise together. This leads me to believe that when people say worship just felt good, they're not talking about a mere passing feeling. talking about something far deeper than that. When people are actually talking about is a renewed sense of peace that comes from the following reminder we can all celebrate today. We are not alone. We remember that there is a living God who is with us and for us. and We need look no further than Jesus Christ. And we also remember that there is a community of faith who is with us and for us. And that is why worship just feels good today. Another way to say that, good people, is that is why we rejoice. Paul writes it like this in 2 Corinthians 2.13. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice! He's acknowledging that to rejoice together in a shared space like this sanctuary is a unique privilege. Let me say that in another way. The reason why it feels good is because it is good. We're created to worship God together. And when we rejoice in worship, we're fulfilling our creative design. Our spirit is stirred. Our hearts move towards action that make this world on earth as it is in heaven. And this, my friends, is something that is far too often imitated but never duplicated. Not by sports, not by civic organizations, not by other. To be here together, rejoicing in the spirit of the Lord as often as when we are able, whenever we are able, is not only a value of our church, it's a value that leads us to a better life for us and our families. Yes, it takes sacrifice. There are times in life which it is harder than others to be here and be physically present to rejoice together. Yes, it means having firm priorities. Many will not agree and will ask you to do other things with your time instead. Yes, it sometimes means that you walk away saying, boy, pastor really stunk it up in the pulpit today. But hear me say this, God will always honor your decision to worship him by blessing your life. You will never be without a reason to rejoice. So come brothers and sisters, let us rejoice today. The rising tide is at high tide this Trinity Sunday. 
We've cut ties with so many weights that have hindered us these past few weeks. And now we're ready. We're ready to, as it states in the meditation, to join our lives with our God in three persons so that we will overflow with the goodness of the Lord. As a visible expression of that, I want all of you to join with me now to stand and greet one another today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who is in this place. And then as you hear our prelude music begin, please return to take your seat. May worship just feel good today as every person worships in this shared space of our sanctuary together. Please stand and greet one another. Thank you so much, Alicia, for that reading of our litany. I've heard it said, if it wasn't for this person, I wouldn't be the Christian I am today. Who is that person? Well, they carry various titles. Sunday school teacher, youth pastor, church mom, church dad, pastor, deacon, youth leader, or just that person. What did they do exactly? Well, simply put, this person served another person in their church in Jesus' name. They patiently taught the scripture to a child. They attended ball games to see a youth play. They showed up at a hospital when a loved one grew ill. They never stopped praying for a person when they walked away from God and the church. They were like a mother and a father to an individual when biological parents stepped away. Now for me, that person was one named Shirley Batson. She taught me survival kit as I prepared to be baptized as an eight-year-old. And you can imagine the questions an eight-year-old has. It was also Mr. Scott Watson. Now, Scott was a youth leader who gave me my first opportunity to teach Sunday school to my peers. But it was also Miss Gail Brooks. She was not only the person that cut my hair, she was also, in effect, a church mom. She wrote a letter to me every single month when I was at Furman University, encouraging me to continue to go to church. These are three, and there are so many more, and the same is true for your life. All of our people, those people, did something amazing. They strived for our full restoration because they decided to serve another person within the church, a church just like ours. Now, it might seem strange to you that I'm referring to the church as a place of restoration. I mean, aren't church people supposed to be perfect and have it all together? <laughs> Far from it. In fact, churches are their best when they are, in fact, restoration centers for broken people. Everyone here, myself, you, are broken. And we can't fix ourselves. We need someone to help, but who? Our defenses are typically far too used to pushing away people who come to help us, for to let them inside of our mess would imply that we are weak and vulnerable. So that's why God sent Jesus to us as a servant. God knew that had Jesus only come 
as one who was in might and power, we would have pushed him away. So instead, Jesus came to us as a servant with a towel and a basin to wash the dirty feet, not only his disciples, but in fact of all of us, so that he might become our friends. As such, we let Jesus into our hearts. And before he ever became our risen Savior, Jesus Christ was first our friend. And this, my friends, is a model to follow. We are likewise to come to the table, pick up the towel and basin, and serve one another as friends. And as we do, we live the song, make me a servant humble and meek. Lord, help me lift up those who are weak. We also live into Paul's instructions for striving for full restoration of others within our community called First Baptist Church. We are restored by Jesus because he served us. And now we likewise restore others by serving them. And all of this is possible because we commit ourselves to the community value of every person serving in a ministry at church. I've heard it said, can y'all hear me? Community is formed in circles and not rows. How true I think that is. Here in this choir loft, I am encircled. Encircled by loving, caring people. And most of them can sing in tune. (laughs) I'm kidding. You all sing beautifully. (laughs) Circles reflect unity. Everyone is equal in a circle. Circles reflect strength. Everyone is facing inwardly, offering their encouragement to one another. But perhaps greatest of all is that circles are places where you can have identity as well as know the identity of others. Now, I can't stress how important that is. For you see, far too many attend a church but never belong have acquaintances, but never brothers and sisters in Christ. Small group community creates such circles in church. There is simply no substitute. Small group community are pockets of people committed to meeting regularly outside of normal worship times. Their names are as various as their meeting times. Men's prayer breakfast at 7 a.m. on Sunday mornings, off-campus WMU groups, adult choir meeting on Wednesday night, Tuesday morning women's Bible study, and the one that I believe to be most essential of all, ongoing children, youth, and adult Bible study at 9.45 each and every Sunday morning. All of these represent circles, places where community is fostered and grows. Places where you are known and known by others. Places where the Spirit shatters every worldly limitation as we become the community of vibrance 
Jesus Christ beckons us to become. Like the beautiful floral arrangement before us today, given to us by our Peggy Irwin, community brings to life statements like belief, sincere love, dependence on God, daring innovation, and of course, that all-important ingredients of telling our story with connection, with an overall anticipation of the unexpected and unbelievable. It's where church becomes more of a question of where you belong instead of just where you attend. It's where communities that you have that you don't walk away from when church gets a little crazy. And guess what? Church will get a little crazy. It's also places that don't walk away from you when you get a little crazy. And guess what? We all get a little crazy from time to time. Small group community is the personification of Paul's words, which are encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, we don't need people kissing up in here, but the rest happens in circles and not rows. And this happens when every person, every person participates in a small group community. Now, I've also heard it said that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. I believe the Lord loves it not because of what it does for him, but what it does for us. When people like you and me realize that we have something of incredible import to contribute to Jesus and his church, whether it be time, talents, resources, and that those things will change lives for all of eternity, it will make us cheerful. The earthly limitations of our offerings are removed when we are entrusting them to God's omnipotent hands. And generous hearts, folks, are always ones that can appreciate life on new levels. For we no longer ask, how much is this going to cost? But instead, I'll give whatever it takes to God's kingdom for many are the lost. We aren't saying, God, take my things. We are, in fact, saying, God, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. In moments following, we're going to pass a plate from person to person, a tradition as old as the church itself. And whether you put a physical offering into the plate or not, this is but an opportunity to be reminded that every person, every person has the opportunity to give of their time, their talents, and their resources at First Baptist Church Carrollton to the glory of God. And therefore, let us be of great cheer. I've heard it said, I've heard it said that going on mission in the world in Jesus' name is the best part about Christian living. Paul concludes his letter to the church of Corinth with the following blessing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This reminder of the triune God's presence with us, for us, and never to leave us is a blessing of such magnitude that we cannot contain it to ourselves. The high tide is meant to produce an overflow, just like what David reflects upon in Psalm 23, verses 5 through 6. 
You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. The inundation of God's blessing literally lifts us from the pews and carries us to the doors. Doors which give us entryway and passage to the world that awaits us. We can now receive the inundation of God's blessing, which literally sends us forward into the mission field so that we can give what we have richly received from the Lord. We can be the embodiment of the commission that was just read to you. Jesus said, did you hear it? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. For surely the Lord Jesus is with us now and always, even into the very end of the age. This, my friends, is the overflow. We give from what we have received. It's the words of our invitation hymn. Our mission to the world is to fill the earth with music. Sound aloud his praise. Give to all your witness, Jesus Christ will save. With expectation, we embrace this charge as a church. Because when every person... When every person is going on mission to the world in Jesus' name, we are living into the hope now and forevermore that Jesus Christ boldly proclaims, the best is yet to come. We soon head to these exits, but before we do, there is but one more blessing to receive, and it is that of our invitation hymn. A time not to be summarily passed by, for it is your time to decide what to do with what you have received. Will you too say in accordance with me, I have once heard it said, not just because the pastor said, but because in your own heart today, did you not hear it yourselves? Something whispered, something screamed, something shouted to you by the same voice of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If yours is a decision of commitment today, commitment to these values which have been placed before you, I ask you to stand, sing, give praise to God, and fill this earth with music. Will you stand and join me now? At First Baptist Church, Carrollton, we are a community inspired by the life of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Jesus guides our community through every person worshiping, serving, participating in community, giving, and going on mission into our world. This is life to the full in Christ. Amen and amen.